There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everyone. We're Talking Titans here, a weekly podcast uh, as we go into the preseason or through the beginnings of the preseason. I'm Tommy Dees with the Tennessean Sports Director. We have Eric Bacharach. Say hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. We'll say hi. Hi, Eric. hi, Eric. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's catching on. And Paul Skrbina. Hi. Who has been filling in with uh, helping out on the Titans beat and uh we have one preseason game under our belts. Uh, the Titans went to Philadelphia against what may be one of the better teams in the NFL, quite frankly. Not that that has any bearing on what happened in a preseason game where the starters either didn't play or played very little. But, but I will start with, with you, Eric. What what did you learn from that? We learned a lot. Uh, you know, some good, some bad. I, I think the quickest takeaway is that the Titans have a really good backup quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, which is, I think is something we all knew. Uh, and, and his performance actually prompted a lot of sort of national discussion about, is there a co- quarterback controversy in Nashville, which, which there isn't, you know, there no doubt there is, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, he was good. You know, he, he, I think it was 12 for 16 passing for 130 yards, two touchdowns, uh, you know, he was a little shaky on that first drive, but really started to get get it going um, as the game went along. So that's that's a positive takeaway for the Titans. You know, a couple others were he had guys like Khalif Raymond, uh, wide receiver, who was kind of all over the place making plays, punt returner too. On the other side of that, you had somebody like Taewon Taylor uh, dropping balls left and right. Uh, Which is not the first time that has happened. That's correct. Is that is that a you know? Because I look, I'm a novice when it comes to this, so I, I read social media, and that's why I think there's a quarterback controversy too. Um, and I also wonder is, okay, is it's two to one. There's a quarterback controversy. <laughs> well between Logan okay, I'll, Woodside I'll, I'll and Ryan Tannehill because Logan Woodside was good too, but he was <laughs> um, no. But is there a, a chance that he doesn't make the roster? I mean, is that a realistic thing? Like, because it's a thing that's out there that's talked about. But I just not, not Tannehill. No, no, not Tannehill. No, I'm talking about Taylor. 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 I mean, is that a real possibility that he might not make the roster? I think there's a percentage chance, um, but he's a third round pick from from not that long ago, and and you know the potential for for him to fall that fast. Um, you know, you're not going to cut a guy after dropping a couple of balls during a preseason game. Now, if it if this trend continues throughout. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's a tough call. They they did something similar with a guy that they've invested in less last year with Nick Williams. He was a wide receiver. Um, again, they didn't invest a third-round pick in him like they did with Taewon Taylor, but he drops what would have been a really important touchdown pass in that Bills game that they end up losing. Next day, they you know, have him pack his bags. Uh, you know, So the stakes are really big for, for those types of drops. Uh, again, for him to drop, like to me, he was easily a, a top four, probably the the fourth best receiver on this roster heading into training camp. Uh, I, at the start of training camp, I probably had him uh, ahead of Tajay Sharp, and you know Tajay's had a really good training camp, so you put him ahead. But uh, he was to me very squarely in the in the top four. For him to fall out of the top six, I think that's that's you know, for that to happen would be a really big surprise. Uh, we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of the preseason left, um, but I think it's within the realm of possibility. And, and he had a couple of deep balls last year that were, that were consequential that I recall. Right. 
That, oh, he can get behind you, but can he well, that, catch that, the ball? Well, that's the thing is that he's got that burner type speed. It's and they just don't have a lot of guys to take the top off. Yeah, so he he does add that element to this offense. It's just being consistent with with catching those balls because he he dropped a ball that was right in his bread basket against the the Eagles. Um, you know, we spoke to him after the game, asked him if the ball was tipped at all because it looked like from the angle that we were looking at, maybe it was, but he said no. He wishes it were. He good. wishes it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there's another one he had to come back for it too, right? It was kind of underthrown right. and, and he didn't quite get there and it was kind of not completely his fault. It's kind of like, you know, it's not all. He's dropping the ball and you see that or he's not catching it, but it's not always the guy's fault, right? That's I mean, true. You know, but these guys are paid a lot of money. To right. catch the you ball. You have one job, catch the ball. How hard is that? And yeah, I agree. But if you can only catch perfectly thrown balls, you better be playing with a perfect quarterback. And I don't think there really is one. But, you know, Breeze will get it to you a lot of the time on the money, and a few other guys will. But not everybody will. Mm-hmm. You have to make – you have to catch the ball. If it's within your radius and you're not blanketed, and it hits you – I'll go back to, hey, I'm, I'm the Alabama guy here, but Bear Bryant said – you get two hands on the ball, you're supposed to catch it. Mm-hmm. And, and there should never be an excuse for not. Right. And there was also an instance in that game where he caught a ball but had one foot out of bounds. And, you know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, he, he that's a rookie mistake. You know, he can't be making those types of mistakes. Uh, and I do think it is a confidence thing with him. You could tell it just by speaking with him. He, he said it pretty plainly that, you know, he's got to get his confidence back, but you could also tell that just in his demeanor when he talks about it, the way he looks on the field, sort of his, his body language with that sort of thing. So again, I think it's highly unlikely that he doesn't make this roster, but I think, you know, if, if he keeps trending in this direction or somehow gets worse, I mean, you never know. Yeah. And that, that could open up some opportunities where, like you said, you, you kind of pegged him in the top four and they're not running four wide all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, quite often they will have three receivers on the field and a tight end. Right. They or, like, or they, they even do, go too tight. Right. They, they like receivers. to do that uh, traditionally or recently. Uh, I think this is the first depth chart that they've had uh, recently where they have three, three wide receivers. Usually it's two tight ends lining up there. So that's what they like to do. Uh, but it does look like they might want to throw a little bit more, especially with Adam Humphreys in the mix now. Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm wondering is where does, where does Adam Humphreys figure into this? And, and right now, who, who's on the field if there's two, and who's on the field if there's three wideouts? And you're so far in your your opinion. That's a good question. I think it's. I mean, I think right now it's got to be Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. Those are the top two guys. AJ Brown is working his way back from uh, a pulled hamstring, um, so he's a guy that will, he's a rookie, second round pick. We'll see what he, how he develops this year. I think Tajay Sharp is a guy that last year uh, really sort of proved his worth on third down just a really clutch receiver. You know, he's a guy that you could rely on in that spot. But like, if you're going two wide receivers, it's got to be Humphreys and Corey Davis. And and if there's a third, then, then it becomes an interesting battle with a sure. rookie and sharp. Who's not a rookie, but, and, and maybe, you know, we know what his upside is, but right. he doesn't have a lot of downside either. Yeah. The thing with him is just staying healthy. Um, and you know, it, it it's, was one of those camps where to me, he wasn't, hundred percent lock to make the roster just because again it was a crowded wide receiver group with with the addition of Humphreys and Brown. Uh, you also had Darius Jennings who who led the league in kickoff returning last year. You know he's a guy that you know you would think has a really strong case just based on that. Uh, Cameron Batson who has since been placed on injured reserve, but he was a guy that was on the roster last year. And then you have guys emerging like Khalif Raymond who. 
you know, he's undersized. He's 5'8", but he's making a really strong case to to earn a spot on this team. And and since you mentioned kickoff returning, which which was a plus at times last year, mm-hmm. punting is a plus. Punt return, there were some disasters. Yeah, exactly. What what is that looking like right now? What that to me, the first preseason game is one of the that's one of the places you can look and mm-hmm. say, I learned more than I did in practice because they're not hitting live in practice. They're not. You probably don't even see a lot of special teams with, you know, who's who's out there. They're rotating two or three guys maybe. Mm-hmm. Now you get to see them against a live unit on the other side, so you know who they're putting back there, and you, you get a glimpse of what they can do. What do you see in there? Yeah, well, last year it was Adoree Jackson, and that was, I mean, every time he, he was back there, you kind of had to hold your breath if you're a Titans fan because you didn't know uh, what he was going to do. There were a lot of mental blunders. You didn't know which way he was going to Exactly. Go. There, was, there was a lot of uh, just, like I said, holding your breath when, when the Titans had to return a punt. This year you've got Adam Humphreys, who's a – um, you know, proven punt returner. I think he's a really safe option. He's just um, he'll catch the ball. He'll catch the ball. We know his catch percentage, just when it comes to catching passes, is is you know up there for tops in the league. He's a really reliable option that they've had there regularly. Uh, return the first one um, in the preseason opener against the Eagles for like twenty plus yards. Uh, I, I think Adori is still very much in the mix there. Um, and then Khalif Raymond, I think he returned three punts in the preseason opener and was averaging over 10 yards a punt, which, you know, none of them were, were home runs per se, but if he could get that, if he could get a first, first down, down, right. If he could get a first down and then That's he punt returns downs at the end of the day, that, that adds up on a score sheet. It does. Uh, and for the Titans for, for what they were last year, that's something you would very quickly take. Yeah, uh, there were times when they needed to get three first downs to get back what they should have had on the punt. Right, right exactly. Almost. So we'll, we'll see how that develops. Uh, you know, obviously, Khalif Raymond's status as a punt returner will depend on if he makes the roster, but I think he's making a strong case on special teams uh, in addition to just, you know, what he's doing as a pass catcher. So I, I do think he's got a compelling case. And then it'll be interesting to see how they... Uh, just use Humphreys, Odori, and Khalif once once we get into the regular season. Odori's always fat. I mean, I watched him play in college, and when I covered Notre Dame, and they played USC, and I, and in high school, when he was at East St. Louis, and I mean, he's always been a a fascinating. And, and Thursday's game, he he got burned really badly. Yep. It's like a guy; he's so extreme, right? Like, he's going to run it all the way back, or he's going to fumble it, or he's going to, you know, he's going to have a hundred, you know, hundred yard, you know, interception return, or he's, you know, he's he's going to get burned. I mean, I think it's just a learning, th- you know, thing with him and experiencing with him. He's not, he's not a, you know, real big guy, but he could do, he can do everything. Mm-hmm. I just think, it, you know, he's he's definitely a threat in a lot of different places for them, and he's an interesting player, for, at least for me to to watch because he's a guy I notice for better or for worse. Uh, a lot on the field when he's right. you know when he's playing. Yeah, and he is an eye catching player all the mm-hmm. way around. You're more familiar with him than I am, but he's he's got combine guy written all over him. Not to say he won't produce on the field, mm-hmm. but he's got the speed. You're going to see the burst. You're going to see the jumping ability. You're going to see all those things that that you can measure. He's very good at. Yeah, he's athletically uh, just a beast, and you know he's he's been a pretty quality player over his first couple of seasons. But you know he is a former first round pick. You're kind of looking for him to take the next step this year, as far as being a, a game changer type player. Uh, so that's that's the next step for Dory. So, so for both of you, um, what what do you this week? It's the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they even get to practice against the mm-hmm. Patriots, which we'll talk about in upcoming um, episodes because that's a a thing that's really unique to the NFL. I think is when you have the the kind of scrums or scrimmages that are controlled, but it's team 
it's not just your team against your team. It's, mm-hmm. it's live-ish. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be hitting Brady. But um, <laughs> what what do you expect and what do you look for in, in the second preseason game more than the first? Because let's face it, the first, if if the starters even walk onto the field, it's for a cup of coffee and they're and they're done. It's really about the backups and and Tannehill needed some time with this offense and I'm sure there are other guys who needed time mm-hmm. with the offense or the defense. But what do you start looking for? The middle two preseason games is where you start to get to see more what the team looks like. Yeah, I mean you you look for more from the starters. Uh, you look for more from from Marcus and sort of how he looks under first year offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith, I think. Can he win the job back from Tanny Hills? Yeah, exactly. Okay, sure. (laughs) If you guys want to. I think uh, when you look at Marcus, he's got a really good rapport with with Arthur Smith. I think that's that's there. Um, I think he's got a good rapport with Tannehill. and, uh, you know, Tannehill will get more, um, you know, reps and, and obviously he'll get plenty of playing time, uh, especially in the, in the fourth game where, you know, Marcus, uh, likely will not play at all. Uh, so I will bet you anything that Marcus Mariota will not set foot on the field unless you count the sideline. That's mm-hmm. the only grass he's touching on the fourth preseason game. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got an injury history and you just don't put him out there. He needs some work. He needs some live work, mm-hmm. but he doesn't need to be playing the week before the opener. Yeah. So we'll see Marcus, maybe he'll, he'll go he'll complete six of 10 passes and then Tannehill comes in and completes uh, a, a, 17 of 18. Right. And then we've got <laughs> the controversy is, is, is back in the air. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's obviously one big thing to watch. Uh, I think Deion Lewis is just an interesting guy to watch this this preseason because he's getting all the first team reps, reps without Derrick Henry there, uh, and you know he's kind of been asked about that that backseat quote unquote type role, and um, you know he's he's just rolling with the punches as best he can. He, uh, you know, was unfortunately for him he had a pretty good first half of the season and then was uh, kind of just along for the ride as Derrick Henry just went berserk, uh, in December. So I think he's an interesting guy to watch. And then there's a lot of position battles that to me still need to unfold. The right guard spot, uh, is to me, I I don't think it's close to being determined right now, but it's gotta be at some point soon. Uh, it, it hurts that Nate Davis third round pick rookie, uh, has been out with, with an injury since day six, which is, uh, probably 10 days or so now. Uh, so that's still got to play itself out, uh, but I, I do think there's a lot of intriguing storylines in this in this second game. I think the interesting thing to me is that, like, with the, especially with the practices and the preseason games, where it's not it's nothing about the other teams, nothing about game planning for the other teams. Right, it's all right. about your own your own guys. And to me, what I what I'm going to be watching a little bit is 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 the offensive line and how you know Dennis Kelly is you know going to kind of make that switch from you know one side of the line to the other and. and uh, I talked actually a little bit today with with Keith Carr, the offensive line coach, and mm-hmm. asked him, you know, what, you know, it's kind of everything in reverse, right? We talked about this last time, where you know you, you, he's played the position before, but now you're on his blind side, and he's, you know, Keith uh, Carter, their offensive line coach, said, you know, really. Uh, it used to make a difference because you know you you want to you know the blind side was the important side. Now sure. with with the way the NFL is now, it, it's not really as important as it used to be from his perspective. And he said so. He, he they don't really expect the transition to be that difficult, especially because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. But when you get into live game action, I think that's when you can really kind of tell who's going to like you say these position battles, but who's going to settle in, how they're going to settle in. Um, and you know, and, and watching to me, what's intriguing too also is watching Taylor Wan still. You know, when he's out there, with, he's out there with the second team now, which is, right. you know, he's gonna, it's going to be like this for for weeks. Um, 
you know, just to see how he handles that. And, 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 you know, just from a, a standpoint of, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to go all out anyway, mm-hmm. but to watch him against these other guys, um, I think can do nothing but help these other guys really. If you, if you think about it from that perspective. Yeah. And, and I, I always, you know, like I said, the, the second and third preseason games are the ones where you get to see the starters and see, mm-hmm. you're beginning to see a little bit inside the head of the coaching staff. Um, if if somebody like Derrick Henry is still a little tender, you don't put him out there because right. you need him. But among the healthy guys, you get to see who's really competing for a spot and who seems to have settled into one mm-hmm. um, because of the length of time they're out there, which can be shorter sometimes if you're the guy. But um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the offensive line. I'm, I'm interested in seeing, and again, this is not a game plan type thing. You're not drawing up schemes for the Patriots here. You're drawing up schemes – for what you want to do this year, and, and your these are live reps, but I want to see if they really are going to have a pass rush because that was the glaring weakness on a very good defense last year. Right. What are you seeing there, Eric? Well, I mean, it's interesting because uh, you know they're putting a, a lot of their hopes on the shoulders of Howard Landry and, and sort of his development in year two uh, because he's you know he's the, the number one guy right now. You, ha- you have Cameron Wake. Um, who you brought in as a free agent, but he's 37 years old. He's got some miles on him, but he's, he's also knows what he's doing. That's that's true. He's He's got some tread on the tires. But, you know, I spoke with uh, Derek Roberson, a guy competing for a spot on the roster at that position, you know, and I was kind of just put it to him very open-ended. Is there anybody on the roster who, you know, has been helping you? He's a rookie undrafted free agent out of Sam Houston State uh, and unprompted you know, immediately Cam Wake is the guy. Uh, so he's he's really been an important figure in that regard, and that was part of the appeal is having a guy that's kind of seen it all, been through it all. Uh, but he's also, you know, a, a threat in his own right. He should, you know, uh, have a couple of sacks for the Titans this year. Uh, beyond them, you've got Sharif Finch, uh, another undrafted free agent from last year, looking to make a big step in uh, year two. He's, he's one of the, uh, you know, I think shining examples for, for younger guys that, you don't have to get drafted to, to really come in and, and have a strong impact. Uh, and then Kamala Correa uh, would be uh, their, their other second teamer. But beyond that, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of um, proven commodities on the roster. Uh, like I said, Roberson might be that number five guy because they just had DeAndre Walker, their fifth round pick, uh, go on IR, which was really a big blow because, you know, he's a guy that you hoped would be able to contribute in the past or so I, I agree I think it's going to be um, a really important part of whether this defense is is great or good um, you know you might get Jeffrey Simmons back honestly from what I've seen he's a guy that I'd be really surprised if he didn't play at some point this season uh, we see him out there every single day he's moving well uh, I, I think today I saw him going through the tackling dummies pushing them aside uh, really moving well like a to me, he's farther along than I guess I pictured him in my mind just for having ACL surgery in February. Uh, so I, I think, um, you know, you don't want to lean on that, him coming back, but I would be surprised if we don't see him, you know, sometime maybe in late November, early December, where he could have an impact. So, you know, there's there's that on the horizon. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of it rests in Harold Landry's hands. If he could be that impact game-changing player, uh, and uh, and then we'll see what they get from sort of just the depth yeah, and, and to close this out, um, looking at the preseason schedule, the preseason matters in preparation-wise, but it doesn't matter 
Um, I think a lot of people, fans and others, would like to do away with it, but mm-hmm. I, there's some value in it, especially if you play fantasy football and you want to see how the pecking orders go. But if you are the Titans, and this is a this is a business, you cannot ask for a better to have than have the Patriots and the Steelers for your true, true home preseason games, right? Because that will alone will put some more people in seats than than most two that you could draw. Plus, you go on the road at Philly and in Chicago, so right. you're, your, your football test there is also very good. Yeah, you have your most meaningful, uh, the, the second and preseason uh, games, which are the most meaningful. You know, that's when you see the starters the most are at home. They're against really quality, uh, you know, franchises. With a lot of name recognition. With a lot of name recognition. Uh, you know, if, if, if you're a fan, this is kind of a cool opportunity to see the Patriots. You know, I think last year, uh, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I remember that game and the Eagles games were, were the games that you really had to empty your you know empty your pockets just to, to get in the building. So this is kind of a cool chance to do that. So is honestly seeing them in practice because that's a, a free event. Um, there's a couple this week with with the Patriots. So yeah, I mean I think it's a really cool opportunity if you're a fan and if you're the Patriots, uh, if you're the Titans. Uh, I think this part of the schedule kind of played to your favor. See, I'm a big fan of going to Chicago because I get a free trip home. There you go. You are from <laughs> you are from Chicago. Yeah, that's allegedly that's what they say. No, but yeah, it, it's um, and Soldier Field is a kind of a neat destination. If if I'm a Titans fan and wanted to go on a road trip for a preseason game, that's, that's a good excuse. It's, it's not that expensive to get to. You can fly there, mm-hmm. and it's a storied field, and it's not 28 below zero, which it often is in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, not not yet. Give it a couple months. <laughs> so that wraps it up for this episode of Talking Titans. We hope you'll. Download it and uh, subscribe on um, iTunes or your favorite place where you get your podcast. We also uh, urge you to check out a subscription to the Tennessean where you can follow all of our coverage online at Tennessean.com. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.